Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Oklahoma uh, proving that you can indeed give up 40 to Kansas and still hold your spot as long as you have Tyler Murray putting up all the numbers that he puts up. Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome to the holiday edition of the unofficial 40. Uh, happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody. Thanks to everybody. Uh, for listening, thanks to being part of the Sooner Scoop uh, listening audience and the uh, website and all that good stuff. Uh, we welcome in the entire crew as they get ready for their holidays as well. Uh, although our holiday will be spent on a plane for the most <laughs> part. Uh, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo here with us. And uh, the holidays have officially started. I've just got it right before we started our podcast. I get a text from my mom. How much is a battery for your car? God, I hope she's not like dead on the side of the road now. Well, she wouldn't be able to text you if she was... I mean, her car dead, not her <laughs> dead. I know she's not dead, Eddie. I hope not. You're not going to fight with my mom now, are you? What do you mean? You're fighting people this week. I haven't fought anybody. I murdered somebody. <laughs> you murdered someone. You had a funeral for them. There Stop. was a body on the side of the road after that. There aren't. There's just not a whole lot of time, you know? I'm sorry. I'm attending to business here. With take a my uh, mom. I mean, take a swing. You better. How did not they get miss. started? By the way, I just asked him if he needed attention. He mentioned that the Ellinger Sam Ellinger has thing has been better yeah. than Kyler, basically. And he handled it like the bitch that he is. You know, the problem with it is, is it lo- it makes it lose sight of the real point. Sam Ellinger is playing good football for Texas right now, like really beyond what I would have expected he was capable of. But making that comparison is just asinine. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's just really strange. Some people need more attention than others. He must not be getting enough at home. And Eddie just kicked him in the balls. Well, I mean, he's obsessed with, speaking of balls, he's obsessed with my dick. Yeah, Did that, he make oh. a dick comment before you took two, the shot two. about his job? Yeah. Okay. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was a pretty good line, though. I, I mean, I... I was very proud of myself. Those were those were all body shots. I uh, I probably would have had a problem until he did the I snap my fingers and you won't have a job thing anymore. He's Thanos. Which is even stranger. Yeah, that's not happening. That would require him probably leaving Austin, which he doesn't do. So <laughs> I, I can't lie. That was the part when I, like, I almost got involved. Yeah, like, I, no, I was on the verge of it as well. It's all yeah. right. He was the subject of a Monday video, so. <laughs> he was your subject this week. 
be really good for the brand if OU and Texas played next week. That seems to be. <laughs> that seems to. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. We'll go full throttle next week. Well, if he really wanted to make some money, uh, he could do a podcast with us. But that'll never happen. That would never. We would never be able to work well with each other. I don't think. I mean, it'd be hard to work with a ghost. <laughs> Anyway, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Indeed. Are you guys partaking in now? Okay, first off, I have to know. I think I know. But the GBCC, can you explain exactly what that is, Eddie, and the how Green that Bean got Castle started? Committee? Yes. Well, I, I started it. Basically. Uh, there, are there any other members? Uh, I can't tell you. It's kind of like the schools. We meet in secret society. Schools is a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, of course, you probably haven't seen it. Schools? Because you don't watch schools. movies. I've seen that. Joshua Jackson may be a member of both. Of the Green Bean Casserole Committee and Skulls? Uh, yeah, exactly. He he seems weird enough that he might be just... He was like, yeah, this Green Bean Casserole thing, I get involved. Who is the most prominent person? I saw Ben Powers' dad uh, tweeting at you. Yeah, he's ready. Who is the most prominent person Probably that is... Probably Grant Calcaterra. Really? He's a big GBCC guy? We talked a little bit about it on Monday. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I only had it once this year, so... Had it some on Sunday. Does your mom make the best? It was pretty good. Oh, pretty good. Having any that, tonight? That's not a commitment. No, to yeah, I'm going to the ranch tonight. It's not a ringing endorsement for mom. Got bros giving tonight. I'm going oh to eat steak, drink some wine. What happens on bros giving? Well, tonight is the <laughs> biggest social night of the year. Uh huh. So you just probably gonna have some drinks go out in oklahoma city biggest travel biggest travel day needless sure. to say i will be very hungover tomorrow when we fly looking forward to I can it guarantee you that eddie do you go out thanksgiving night like generally obviously you won't this weekend yeah i but... have before edna's used to be a pretty big deal uh-huh. yeah. uh on thanksgiving night because they're really kind of the one of the only places that's open on thanksgiving evening so uh Tonight is kind of the night, though. So I, I've, we've always kind of joked amongst our friends, uh, the night of before Thanksgiving is the biggest social night of the year. Seems like everybody, especially when you were in college, because everybody would come back and uh, you'd have that one night to go out before before everybody. Well, we always used to joke, uh, you'd be so hungover on uh, Thanksgiving, it'd be hard to hard to uh, decipher if you need to take an Adderall, but then. To have to talk to family members, but then you wouldn't be hungry, so you wouldn't be able to enjoy Thanksgiving. If you took the Adderall? Right. Vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. <laughs> See, I, Tough I life was always I big Tough right in the run-up to Christmas. I always like the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, but in college, you got a month of that, so you really did it. You'd have that. It's so long. Like I remember thinking during college, like I was ready to get back, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not. You're right. It's an you're entire right. month. Like people get jobs over Christmas break. I, I have a. Group I had the of worst buddies. job in the entire world over Christmas break one year, uh, doing inventory at oh, where? Like Macy's. My mom worked up there. She got me the job. It started at like two thirty in the morning. Right. And went to like seven thirty. I thought about suicide you, every day. Did you survive the job? Uh, I did it for like a week and a half, and, and then, then you it was quit? just like oh, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> You did it just long enough not to shame your mother. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, I, I think you. I finished out doing that. Okay. It was an awful job, though. It that was sounds aw- it was terrible. terrible. 
All right, so uh, we're headed to West Virginia. I don't know what's going to happen. I really, I don't have a bad feeling about I'm this. I'd be so pissed off if this game's not seventy to sixty-eight. I feel, I fully I feel the same way. That it's going to just be the biggest scoring festival of all time. If this is 42-38, I'm coming home pissed. I hope you lose just if it's 42-38. I want, I want 85-84. to 84. Yes. Let's do it. And I want to see <laughs> two freshmen from each team die. Well, let's not oh do God. that. But <laughs> that will make let's the game too some, long, so I'm not for that. Let's throw some tragedy that. in the middle. Uh, it's no. going to be like a Greek tragedy. That's too long of a game. That's my. It's, it's already, it's already starting late. I'm starting already worried about. I'm already worried about making the uh, six o'clock flight. N- yeah, because I think that <laughs> the game will be still going on. We I'm would not, not make. I our feel flights. really confident I'll get to be part of the post game pod. It's just not going to happen in West Virginia. I'm paying the the baggage fee, so it's happening. <laughs> it's going down. Uh, here's Kyler Murray. What if I get kidnapped by the uh, the whites of West Virginia? The Whites. Wasn't that the that show, that documentary about that family? Like the real trashy family. Did you ever watch that? The wild it was like no, wild no, something. Sorry. I don't watch the murder channel. It's not a murder channel. It's about West Virginia and how f-ed up that state is. Uh here's Kyler Murray. Hold on, mark that. Here's Kyler Murray talking about uh, going up against Will Greer, and if kind of if that gets him fired up, being a competitor, uh, you know, when you're going against comp- good competition, uh, I think it brings the best out of. I mean, I know it brings the best out of me. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know, you know, come Saturday, you know, the emotions will be high just because you know it's primetime game, um, you know, a game that means a lot, obviously. So, um, at the same time, I got to you know, I got to hone all that in and uh, be myself, play my game, and you know, get a W. What's the best quarterback he's faced on the other side? Wild, man? the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about now. You should do meth all day. Uh, back to football, as Dean Blevins would say. <laughs> that seems like Sorry, that was Dean. like that seems like that was like years ago. Years ago, kind of was, <laughs> was years the ago. season. Was it? Was it the first week? Was it? I, it was the season. I just can't remember when it was. I can't remember what it was about either. Right, that, I'm. Mm. Uh, you had, you had asked Riley something about recruiting. I thought. Screw it, I can't remember. Might have been meet uh, meet the Sooners day. Meet the Sooners, yeah. Sounds something like Blevins would get pissed off about. We were just lucky that he was there that day, you know. Not everybody can do that. Who is the best quarterback? It's not Ellinger, is it? That he's faced. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. This season, well, I mean, it'd be head. Alan Bowman if you want to go that way with it. Yeah, but nobody really looks at him as a good quarterback. Like, or what about Brewer? He hasn't earned his stripes yet. I mean, from from no. a performance standpoint, it would be Corndog. Mm, Correct. Yeah. No, but he's not. It's got to be Ellinger as far as reputation. Okay. Going in, I'm talking about going into a game, what quarterback had the best reputation? Oh, really, yeah. Ellinger? Well, there's not a whole lot that's of quarterbacks Josh, in there. Josh, that's sad. Josh, I, just look at the schedule. Wrong. It's sad that that's what it is. I couldn't even name you. Who? I mean, Army didn't even have a quarterback. They just had a running back. He just ran it repeatedly. Well, their quarterback ran for 100 yards. No, yeah, I know. 
But they never threw the ball. And, I think and gave OU two of their five interceptions. It's f***ing pathetic. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Kyler Murray is a guy that is calm all the time. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get, like, freaked out. I mean, I don't think Alan Bowman was the reason he threw two picks against Texas Tech because he was trying too hard. Now, the only game he was fired up about was Texas. And you can kind of hear it in his voice again. God, he almost cried in the post. Yeah, you can almost you hear it again in his voice last Saturday. Sort of even loser. though he just said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," about sort the of possibility of playing Texas. Never loses. He wants to play Texas again. Well, Ellinger was the one that uh, had the the post game confrontation with him. You know, he wants that. Should have stroked him out. Guys, am I crazy to think OU against Texas fine is a? Cool if he does anything. Ten. Is a much more likely win than against West Virginia. I feel the same way. I like. I don't. I feel like. You think there's a better chance that they would beat Texas than yeah. beat West Virginia on Friday? Yeah. Yes. And I feel. I, I think of the four of us. I may be the most confident about Friday night, but I. I just. I don't see any way Texas beats OU twice. I just don't believe it. I think little Jordan Humphrey's a tougher matchup for their secondary <laughs> than than David Seals is. Well, Texas I mean, as a team's tougher than OU. Is West Virginia? That's the question. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't agree. I think Texas no, is still a tougher from a beat. just a physical standpoint. OU would get their ass whooped by both teams. They got pushed around. By right, Texas. right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Not a not a tougher opponent, as in like a, a tougher game to win. I think Texas has men, and OU has a bunch of boys playing. I will say there. this. The Texas game... Except for on the offensive side of the The ball. Texas game, they had not yet developed their post-Rodney Anderson run game at that point. Correct. They which were they have now. still in that process. And they still... I think they ran for like 240 that day. So it wasn't like they were... Well, pitting. Kyler ran for what? A 70 sure. there at the end? Sure. And yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean we but, remember hearing Beatenbow say that was the best game they played all season, and we're all like, you, you, you lost that game. But now it's like... Every other game since has been the best. That's how well that line and that rushing game has been during the second half. See, my line of thinking has nothing to do with what OU has offensively. It's just the fact that at some point, this shit show of a defense is going to cost them a game. Is it? I mean, it has to, right? I don't I thought, know I, I spent the last three weeks thinking that, but now the college football playoff committee has me convinced that Maybe their offense is good enough to just well, get I mean, by. Their, their offense is it's one of the best offenses in the history What's of college football. They're it's averaging number almost one in the country. Nine, they're almost averaging nine yards a play. I know eight point nine. <laughs> it's I thought it was eight point eight. It might be eight point eight. Eight point six yeah. is the uh, is the all time record by that. Uh, what is it? Two thousand six. Every time team. they snap the ball, they get they get almost nine yards in. almost. Yeah, and their offensive lines only. I mean, they're only getting better as as the season is wore on. Can you imagine walking into like offensive meetings on Monday and you're like, all right, guys, so what we're going to run on second and one almost every snap? Like, <laughs> that's got to be a mind. F- like, yeah. like wrapping your head around, we are literally in the perfect second down every single snap. And that is a good matchup. I heard a couple guys talking about this on the way down uh, to Norman today, was just the fact that against West Virginia's 3 3 5, you're going to have a lot of success running the ball. Yeah. Like, oh, you might average. Somewhere in between ten and twelve yards of carry on Saturday or Friday night. Tony Gibson. Guys, I mean, but really I is, think it, it kind of cons- you have to consider in are they going to have more than Kennedy Brooks? Tony Gibson really is about concealing pressure in that yep. defense more than he is anything else because they don't stop the run. I mean, they're going to basically play a six man front and let you run the ball, and 
The problem that they've had is OU is just much more physical on offense than they are. I mean, like, they get exposed every year. Like, their defensive linemen, their linebacker is really good, the long guy. He's uh, awesome, yeah. Yes. He's really good. Uh, but, like, their defensive line gets over gets exposed as being small every year they play OU. I think that's why they try and start fights with them. Because they know Texas. it gets chippy every year. I am almost done with under the hood. I'm hoping to have that done here this afternoon. Texas averaged over half a yard better than their season average against West Virginia. Like they they were 4.3 per carry, and it was. And and Texas offensive line, while it's getting better as the season's gone on, it's nowhere near what OU's putting out there. Like OU is gonna. I mean, like that should not be a problem. It's just a matter of who's going to come up with a few stops, just a couple. Yeah, and one thing that Oklahoma has done in the past against West Virginia, I don't know why, it might just be a coincidence, but they do force turnovers, against, turnovers against West Virginia for whatever reason. I don't know if this this shit show can do it. I'm not even referring to him as a defense anymore. They're a shit show. Uh, I don't know if they can do it this year, but they have been able to force the turnover, and usually it comes at big spots. I mean, you remember the Jordan Evans uh interception for a touchdown last the last time they were up in Morgantown. I don't know. It just it seems probably, weird. Probably even bigger with the Justin Crawford fumble in the red zone. Yeah. Because, I mean, it got 28 nothing in a hurry. All That's all it takes. You course, need one turnover. Jordan Evans pulled his hammy on that play. He did. I know. That sucked. That's always weird to watch that video because you just see him struggling try to get there. But that's all it takes. One turnover and OU wins by... 14 plus. That game, though, has just been bizarre every year. Like, you start with Tavon Austin. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan breaks out in that game for the first time. Uh, Isn't it kind of uh, ironic that Tavon Austin overshadows what was probably one of Landry Jones's best under the gun yeah. performances? It's the first time that we ever remembered OU winning a shootout. Yeah. And it's, I remember it's, standing it's just funny there. That... I remember standing there in the end zone right in that corner where he threw the pass to Kenny Stills at the end of the game. It's just funny that and I that's just thought, how it, like, I remember thinking, out. like, oh, my God, they finally did it. They won like a Landry shootout. Jones just grew some balls. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just, like, Josh Heupel always seemed to be, like, his offenses either they did well and then just stopped, kind of like that Notre Dame game, that Texas A&M game, and then they just went into a shell. Baylor game. Or, or yeah, the Dan Baylor Waco. game. Or... You know, they, they just played really well, and the defense played well. Like, there was never – it never – the dots never connected for there to be a shootout. Yeah, they were never able to put it all together yeah. one night. Like, there were times they needed to win a shootout, but they couldn't get in one. Yeah. That's fair. But Lincoln Riley is not like that. He's – I mean, it's amazing how many shootouts there have been in OU football over the last, you know, four years. They've just become – almost comfortable winning like that. That's just how they've they've done it. They've been able to hold off teams in the fourth quarter because they can run the ball. Josh, is everything okay? I want to take a minute. Josh, right, Josh? <laughs> Josh is cleaning his kitchen. We, 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 have, we have dogs trying to play. Our puppy is trying to get our old man to play, and he's having none of it. Mm. So, no, no big deal. Okay. We might have some attacks here later. It'll be fine. Okay. want to remind you guys, uh, the Unofficial 40 is brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resorts in Durant. Uh, go to ChoctawCasinos.com, check it out. Uh, great dining options for you out there. Of course, they've got the, the slots, uh, but they've also got the dice, uh, and they've got the, the ball game now, the roulette. 
Uh, so you can go out there and, and have a great time gambling, a lot of great games for you to play, uh, but also a great hotel and great, uh, uh, really, I mean, I stay in hotels all over the place. Their hotel is as good as anything you're going to find. I know I saw the big announcement that they're going to be uh, even doing more uh, expansion out there. And if you haven't been over to Durant, to the Choctaw Casino and Resorts, uh, you have no idea what you're missing because it really is one of the great places uh, in in the state to go and just have a great weekend and a great resort. Uh, also, uh, great dining. Uh, they've got uh, uh, Gillies, which is a great bar for you to go to. They have live music there all the time as well. Uh, 1832 Steakhouse. Uh, they got a great buffet. Uh, just all kinds of options. And then they got the district, which you can go bowling. You can go movie. They got a multiplex. They got a sports bar. So check them out. Choctaw Casino Resorts. They make this a podcast go in Durant, so we appreciate their sponsorship of our program. Now, the college football playoff rankings came out yesterday. Big whoop, no big deal, but kind of like we said, guys, it is, I don't know if Frank Beamer is threatening people with their lives if they move OU down, but to see Washington State not move up ahead of LSU, to see Oklahoma stay where they are, I almost like had to ask myself, like, are these guys even working, or are they just putting out the same crap every week? They're just waiting for something meaningful to happen. Washington State beating Arizona doesn't mean anything. You could put up 70. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. If you beat Washington... But just not penalizing OU, I think, is is the biggest takeaway yeah, out of that whole thing. I firmly believe OU has the best offense in the country. That's finally been settled. There's no doubt about it. They don't care because they feel that no matter how bad the defense is, that offense can always do enough to get them out of it. Which is, I mean, for that committee... Is amazing. Yeah, the, the the criteria that they've had over the years, and and remember when Kirby Hocutt was the the chair, and he came out and just said awful things about the defense, uh, and it you know, and that was the year they got left out. So I think they were trying to justify leaving them out, but they, they got left out because yeah, they, they had two losses. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they were still in the hunt late in the year, and they were trying to say, you know, because he would come out and say people would ask, what about Oklahoma? And he'd say, well, they're terrible on defense, so they're not included. You know, above anybody else. That was just else. his way of saying they had, they have two losses. They're not considered. Which is because if they only had one loss, they would have been in. By the way, it's the just logo like on last the helmet. Year. It does seem like Rob Mullins is kind of getting to a place where, like, no matter what people ask him, he's just like, "Well, that's just the way we looked at it." Like, yes, he doesn't really give he any reasons answer, for anything. He doesn't anymore. answer any of those questions. Guys, they got you guys good. <laughs> Even listening to what those guys say, no, no, well, it I, doesn't matter. I just read the transcript of the even reading the transcript. But the, and, and what is it? Every week it seems like these guys are idiots. There's a gang of reporters that gets hooked up on one thing. Like yes. like UCF is the one thing. Like the commit. Like Rob Mullins will not talk about anything regarding UCF. He's just like, well, they're number nine this week. He should Let's just say on. we don't reward commuter schools. That's all he should say. <laughs> that should be his one line that he says about Central Florida. But I, I mean, like, what was the deal? Like, I guess in Columbus, the the thing is that they're trying to position themselves above Oklahoma. Because like every other question was about why isn't Ohio State ranked higher than Oklahoma? Yeah, that seems to be the big, um, I guess, point of contention this week in, in this week's ranking is the national media want to compare Oklahoma and Ohio State. Especially when Mullins won't mention Purdue game. He says yeah. resume. It's just you know the body of work, the resume. I think they, they just say they got destroyed by Purdue. It's, yeah. it's smart on his point on his 
side of things, though, because then he won't. Nothing can get bit pinpointed on him. Well, you said this about well, this. Here's the problem: they keep LSU where they are because of their. I'm air quoting resume. Yeah. Yet it that rule doesn't apply across the board because if you want to argue a, a three point underdog this weekend in College Station. If you want to, if you want to start arguing like UCF and Ohio State and Washington State and Oklahoma. Then you have to get into resumes and who has the most quality wins where they don't. It seems like they go out of their way to argue about whether a loss is good or bad. Like they won't even acknowledge that that's part of their equation when it is. And for OU, there are bad losses. There are good losses. Iowa State losing. That's now the only top 25 win at number 25. Well, if they put Army in there, which they probably should be, if they keep winning. They'll they, be, they will be if they'll they win the last two games. Or last game? I don't even know what their schedule is. I, mean, I guess Navy. they only have Navy left. It's Navy, yeah. Oh, is that it? In like yeah. a month. Because <laughs> they always play that game. They play what, that like right before the bowls. Yeah. I think it's the day of the Heisman. You're right. So they have like a two-week like two bye because they're nine and two. The troops actually have to go over to Afghanistan for a week and then they come back. I don't get it. Is that they're a joke? They're the Army, no. They don't? Are they going to Afghanistan? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're saying that's why there's such a long break between games. Oh. It was over my head. I'll admit it. It was under my head. All right. Uh, but no, I think that's the one thing that you take out of the last couple of weeks is this committee looks at OU favorably even though their defense sucks. So all the all every time that we wring our hands and say, oh, God, they're going to fall because they gave up 40 to Kansas, they never do. So this is why Lincoln Riley could say just win, and oh, he's going to keep saying it. Yes, I didn't think about nights that. Nights like last night are exactly why he's going to keep shouting that stuff. Well, I mean, what's the other? What's the alternative that he would say? That the defense has has to play better, which he kind of did at least for a week, a little bit. He said tackling's got to be better, not necessarily. Like he I mean, still mentioned think, after if, the game, if he doesn't he was think very... there's a problem with the defense, he should be fired. Well, he he said that their tackling is terrible, right? Well, I'll I'll play what he said. Here's what, and I like what he said. Here's what he said. Part of it, I didn't want to play the whole thing because it was really long. I mean, they're the ones that are putting out the worst defense to ever put on an OU uniform. Here's Lincoln Riley's assessment of the defense. I mean, our our yards after contact was off the charts, probably the highest that we've had here, certainly all year, maybe in the last couple of years. And so uh, we've got to trigger. We've got to go make those plays. We've got to be more aggressive in our run fits. Uh, We've got to... We played well schematically. Now we got to play more aggressive and play better physically, and that's going to be our challenge. And you know, I I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of the whole. Well, Mike Stoop said this, or Mike Stoop said that. Like, I don't like the the, and it's not a shot at Al because he go. asked Here the question. Carry carry defending Mike. No, I, defending yeah, Mike. I, I, this is go. very not defending. Here we go. Like he should be out of the equation. Like. Let's not bring up Mike Stoops and the trouble he had reaching the players. I mean, defending Mike again. It's Josh. not a defensive Mike. He's defending I, Mike again. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, I'm just saying, nobody's getting through to these players. Mike didn't get through. We all knew it. He got fired. But now Ruffin's not getting through. Lincoln's not getting through. Uh, do you have to get through I mean, to somebody Pookie for them? Is giving up that sledgehammer. Do you have to get through to somebody to tackle a person? Like I don't. I, this this whole thing about getting to the players, I mean, they can't even bring a guy down to the ground. What what do you need to get through to him? 
Yeah, that one play with Puka Williams was embarrassing. It was awful. Absolutely terrible. It was one of the worst tackling games I've ever seen in Norman. For a worst tackling game against a bad team. The Big 12 should reprimand OU's defense if they're going to reprimand anybody this week. It's one thing when you're not tackling Tavon Austin in Morgantown. It's another thing when you're not tackling a bunch of guys that have been awful offensively all year. And for them to that, say that the hey, effort was oh, they were half no defense. <laughs> you missed it. Hold on. Hey, OU has no defense. <laughs> Thank you, Brecken. And wow, those were some overlasts if I've ever heard any. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he was right, though. We stand with you, Brecken. Uh, hope to talk to you next week in Arlington. Uh, that was that was just so bad though. I I I'm still offended by that. the The effort I thought was just awful. the The effort on the last touchdown too, uh, after Kansas just drives straight down the field, right down their throats. It was it was not even worrisome. It was just embarrassing. It was embarrassing to the game of football. It's just funny hearing them talk because it's like they can't do two two things at once. They like either stop the pass or or try to stop the run. They can't do both, and that's just embarrassing to say. Well, I, I was looking, you know, under the hood. I always have a segment where I kind of talk about, okay, if I'm Oklahoma, this is kind of what I would try, you know. And it's not perfect. It's just kind of ideas of what worked for the in the game I watched, that kind of stuff. In this one, I'm like, I don't know what you do because. You can't defend the pass. You can't defend Gary Jennings and David Sills one-on-one, so you can't blitz. But at the same time, you can't cover long enough to allow, like, your pass rush is not going to get home on its own. So I don't know what, like, either Will Greer sits back there and just waits for one of his receivers to tire out Trey Norwood and make a catch, or you just go great guns and hope that Will Greer overthrows somebody. Like, there's no good answer to how to stop this because – you're not going to confuse Will Greer with a blitz. I mean, like he, he knows what he's looking for. You know, and it does. There's just no good answer. You know what OU has had success doing against West Virginia in recent years, and maybe I'm just thinking of this because I've seen the highlights this week. But it always seemed like Stryker had big games and uh, Oboe had big games against West Virginia because they could always beat somebody around the edge. Am I just am I am I misremembering that to steal no. a line from uh, Michael Crabtree? I don't think you are, but what's going to be interesting is because I think we all agree the only real pass rusher they have is Ronnie Perkins, and he even he's not anywhere near the two guys you're talking about, at least not at this point. Yeah. So, and he's playing on that right edge all the time. Well, he's going against clearly their best offensive lineman, the Yadni Kajus kid, that's really really good. So, do you slide him over to the other side and maybe try to create some matchups because? Perkins is just not going to win that battle very often as a freshman going against one of the better tackles in the country. Like, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know what your game plan is for that. But they've got to figure out some way to find some matchups that can win because they're not going to win with Perkins off the edge, and they've got to find a way to create some pressure without just totally leaving their corners out on islands. I gotta, I'm going to play you something, and then I'm going to ask you a question. You know, after we made the switch, we started, you know, Brown and, and Norwood out there that that little, lit a little bit of a fire under him. And I think he's played, you know, I thought he did some really nice things at Texas Tech, as we've discussed. And I, I thought he was our best guy, our best corner against Oklahoma State and was the other day as well. So, I mean, it's, 
there's good competition in that room, and I've been proud of the way he's stepped up, you know, since we uh, since we backed him up to second string. I'm leaving my bias out of this. It's Lincoln Riley talking about Pardell Motley. So my question to you guys is, who the hell are the starting corners on this team now? I think I know who they should be, and I've made a 180 change. Like, it makes me want to lay down in the fetal position thinking that Trey Norwood's going to be out on the field on Friday night. Trey Norwood and David Stills. That's that's a matchup OU should Oh, win. my God. <laughs> that's a nightmare. That's a bloodbath. I mean, if that happens, by the end of the night, Trey Norwood should call David Stills his father. David Sills was picking on Chris Boyd, who's a really good future NFL corner. Trey Norwood, that's just that's lambs to the slaughter. And it's and it's not it's not just anything him. other if than if they're throwing the ball to him, just tackle him and take the fifteen. Yeah, because it, it's not anything else other than Trey Norwood physically <laughs> cannot stay with they like all they if he's one on one and they notice it, just throw the ball up in the air. That's all they have to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what they should do anyways because right. the secondary has zero ball skills. Well, that's that's what I think. Will Greer's yeah. going to throw it. What? I mean, what's the number? <laughs> 550? Well, Taylor threw for 501, Cornelius. 501? And they, they had a, what? I'd say... 700 si- I was going to say six to seven drops that probably would have gone for at least 15 to 25 apiece. I don't think that's. It might look like the first half when OU played. I swear to God, if this game isn't eighty to eighty-two, I'm going to be really pissed off. I bet he's closer to six fifty than he is five hundred. Oh my God! The problem is Trey Trey Brown played his two worst games back to back weeks. Oh, you should pay off the government to make it rain on Friday night. It's supposed What's to rain the weather Saturday. look like? It's, Wasn't it supposed to be? It, I think it's it was, late. It, it, it backed up. So now Saturday it's going to rain, but Friday it's not supposed to. I think, it, And if it cold. does late, it's going to be late after midnight. The okay. game's still, well, still going to be going on. That should be the third, uh-huh. the third quarter. I'll be more pissed off if the game's in the third quarter at midnight than if it rains. I'll tell you that right now. We've talked about uh, a lot of players on defense, so let's get to this. To the fridge, grab yourself a Native Amber, an F5 IPA, or any of the great Coop Ale Works beers, because it's time to make a toast to this week's player to watch. All right, Coop Ale Works, a fine sponsor of the uh, podcast, both the uh, this one, the unofficial 40, and our postgame podcast. I want to remind you guys, they've got their new seasonal out now. It's the Grand Sport Porter. Uh, Eddie's not a huge fan of dark beers. He likes stuff he can see through. But I got to tell you, this was, I bet Josh would like this beer a lot. It is, uh, it's got some some coffee notes in it, some some chocolate notes in it. It's fantastic. It's a a great holiday beer. So go check it out uh, at your local liquor store, the Grand Sport Porter. Uh, Grab you a six pack and uh, give it a shot. Sometimes you go and they have like the mix mix and match. You can get like six at one time if you get the right liquor store. Those are good. But uh, yeah, I I highly recommend the uh, Grand Sport Porter. So thanks to Coop Elworth. So we've talked about defensive guys. I don't know. Should we talk about, I mean, is almost the player to watch on the injury front? You could make that argument. Across the board. The one guy, I guess, on defense, maybe. God, I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this. Should it be a guy like a Caleb Kelly? Can he do anything? Can he make any type of contribution? 
it's so weird. Are they innovative enough to do anything with him? It's so weird because like he gets defensive player of the game, but you watch the game and you don't think like, wow, he's really playing that well. That was basically a participation trophy. You, getting guys, <laughs> getting a uh, participation trophy for playing against Kansas. That's basically what it was. You know what crossed my mind? Is there any thought to moving Caleb Kelly to that Will linebacker and letting Curtis Bolton be a pass rusher? Not Just innovative. Not innovative enough. No, too innovative is what you mean. Uh, True. I mean, like, because if there's anybody on this team that can get, I mean, I know I kind of said Ronnie earlier, but when they create pressure, it's almost invariably when Curtis Bolton blitzes. I mean, besides plugging no, Caleb Kelly into the game, have they done anything else or anything differently well, in the last couple weeks? I mean, I guess they. Lineup. I think somebody asked Ruffin early on, like, could you put uh, Caleb at defensive end, and his answer was not twitchy enough. Jesus Christ! I mean, they're still they're they're playing a safety. Or a quarterback at safety still, because he's a safety. You know, there's a lot of stuff I, I, I would probably disagree with Ruffin on. I'm not sure I disagree with him on that point. No, I don't either. Caleb's not super twitchy. Like, he's real long, he's long and, and lean. Like, there's things yeah, you like, I mean, but I don't think that's his game. I mean, when I saw him, the first time I ever saw him was at, at Five Star in Baltimore, and he was bad in coverage. Like, yep. he, I mean, not bad, but he wasn't great. And I you talked know, to him afterwards, and he knew it, and he was like, yeah, I think I'm just kind of jet-lagged a little bit. Classic. It's a classic blame. Yeah. It started way uh, back it was, when. <laughs> it was the fucking plane's fault. The softness started there. Somebody stealing a car. Is that your car? Is it my car? be a super famous pod if one of the guys car literally gets stolen get during stolen. the pod I think bring the guy in off. let's talk to him about the decisions he made in life to get him here i think we're clear oh that's disappointing i mean great for your cars bob's got his new car gotta get insurance on it first but you yes. don't need insurance it's a government conspiracy no as well. eddie needs insurance have you, you seen the it. side of his car <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, wait, we're, we're doing player to watch. That's right. Sober when that happened. Yeah, player to watch. <laughs> oh, God, don't go there. <laughs> Sponsored segment, Josh. Eddie's yeah. drinks responsibly. Please that's drink what, that's what I was saying. Please, you, can, you don't say drink and drive responsibly. You just say drink responsibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I say Absolutely. park and sip. <laughs> Uh, player to watch, Coop Works. Mm. Fine sponsor. So were we gonna, I, were we gonna go with a uh were we gonna go with an injured player? You go whoever. It's your choice. I don't know. Caleb Kelly. Probably the pick is Neville Gallimore though, in his health situation. I was surprised he didn't play last week. Is he more important than Trey Sermon being healthy? I would say I think, no I think just is. for the f- you you would say yes. West Virginia's running game is a different thing than we've seen in years past. They can run the ball. They're McCoy's they're really very good. Effective. Yep. Oh, a kid I like for them is the Petway kid. Yeah, Petway is good runs too. Hard. Um, he runs like he's from Detroit. Now they've he got runs. two really good running backs. Yep. I think yep. it's Gallimore too because at least you've got Kennedy Brooks. Well, I was going to say just because I mean you know what you're going to get with the offense. I don't think that he makes just that big of a difference. They're going to score regardless. You mean Trey Sermon? Right. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that I think West Virginia is going to score regardless. Oh, okay. So oh, you might okay. as well have a full strength on offense. <laughs> <laughs> you went. You went the other way. He's not wrong. I don't think. No. I. I mean. I don't think OU's going to get a stop. I, I'm going to go with Trey Brown. I think they've got to have somebody outside step up and make just a couple of plays. Just a couple. It doesn't have to be great. doesn't have to be perfect. And he's really – he had those first few games we got in the starting lineup, and he kind of seemed like, okay, this is the guy that everybody thought he would be. Not and then like Bob me. said, he hasn't been quite the same the last few weeks. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why. Um, but they need him to make some plays. They need one of those corners to be useful downfield against Jennings and Sills so that they can roll either Robert Barnes or they can do something to help the other corner. But if you're having to cover up for both of them, then it's it's just bombs away. I mean, there, there's just no way you can live like that. And Josh, I made a terrible joke. I just said not a Trey Brown start and he's getting more reps. All that instinct is being coached right out of him. We ruined him. Team Trey Brown was ruined because we got our way. Because now you, I mean. Parnell Motley goes to the sidelines and now, he gets better. Yes, now he's playing better because he's getting his instinct back. It's not being coached out of him. They just started ignoring him in practice and all of a sudden he's making real strides. I'd say, I'd say look, there's no <laughs> more doubt. attention you get from this coach, yes, the worse that, you get. Well, that's what we've been saying, Stephen Parker, right? I mean, that's what we keep saying. Stop coaching him, Kerry. <laughs> You're ruining him. It's, it's like Vince Young with the year they won the national championship. I told Coach Brown just to leave me alone. Well, all right. Then won, won, won that championship. So maybe maybe that's what OU's defense needs. Just leave us alone. Just my, let us do our thing. My actual First, player will be Kenneth Murray just because this is it. This is You can erase 11 weeks of pure garbage if you can make one week special here. This well, is He it. hasn't been garbage for 11 weeks. But he's, he's the leader of the defense. No, he's not. I mean, he says he is. You well, think so he is. They there, don't have any leaders. <laughs> there you. He, if he's the leader, this is the week you show it. They don't have any leaders. At some point, he has to become a dominant player if he's going to lead the defense. Sure. So I would say making a step toward being a dominant player, he could do that here, yes. I mean, every week we come in here and... Try and think of ways that the defense is going to get better. It's not going to happen. It's a shit show. It is. I don't understand. I mean, you're also calling it a defense, which you're breaking your rule. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it's it is a shit show though. It, they're they're just a bad group of individuals. They're not even a team. The Oklahoma offense and the shit show heads to Morgantown tonight. That's what they should be doing on ESPN. That's how they should be billing it. <laughs> That's basically what the playoffs call them every every Tuesday. So that we might as well call it is what it is. No, now the promo is going to be. Did you like the Rams and the Chiefs? Well, you're going to love the Sooners <laughs> and the Mountaineers. But hey, that was great football. That was just great football yeah. being played. Uh, that it, it just blows my mind. I will say that, it, there was a lot more defense in that game than you. Oh yeah, had to there believe. were like, there were people strip that just sacks like, and yeah, people that I mean the reception. The Rams and, defense is I think is pretty damn good. Donald is really good. I think say let's not confuse one truly great player for like Marcus Peters. He was a shit show at corner, like and he he continues to be. Like they've got holes on that defense, but Aaron Donald will cover up a lot of crap. Yeah. It's kind of like if, if Oklahoma suddenly had Tommy Harris again. Well, o- okay, Oklahoma's defense is terrible, but that Tommy Harris will save you a few plays every every game. Um, well, think no, how good Nebraska way. was when they had Ndamukong Sue. Yeah. Yeah, he should have won the Heisman. Yeah. He should have. That's robbery. Was Amukamara on that team, too, with him? 
Yeah, so it was the, yeah. the people always forget Jared Crick was a really good player for them. Um, but they had two NFL longtime NFL guys on that defense. Was and you know I think uh, was the linebacker guy that's been for the Buccaneers for so long that's really good player. Um, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, oh man, of course I'm going to put it out there and then not know it. Give me a second. But there was a there's a linebacker that would have been right in that time. Uh, little undersized guy. What the hell is his name? Oh, not pulling it up nearly as fast as I needed to, to kind of go with this point, but by know. the way, we've lost Bob. Levante for... David. Okay. We've lost Bob for the podcast. Cause OU basketball started. It's just the first, first half. Oh my God. That looked like women's basketball. Speaking of women's basketball, Brady you need Manic, please money from stop the university raising your arms. It looks bad. Is he not capable of getting a suntan? Is his skin allergic to tint? I don't know. They got down there yesterday. Monday. Been Monday. Exactly. Uh, been in the gym, man. When, you, when you're in the gym working on your craft, you can't go outside very much. And you're being Larry Bird Jr.? Well, they're playing defense. Oh, they play leaps and bounds more defense than last year's group did. Uh... All right, well, yeah, let's just go ahead and uh, is our Coupe work player of the week or player to watch. I'm going to say Neville Gallimore. All right. More than Kenneth Murray. I, I don't disagree that Kenneth Murray needs to at least somehow prove that he can be a dominant player. But, my God, he's just, he makes so many bad decisions still. I don't know if he's ever going to have the instincts to be a, inside, a middle linebacker. I think it's fair. It's very fair. Next year, does Caleb Kelly get screwed again? Because they talk about how much they love Deshaun White's instincts. Right. Does Deshaun White become the Mike and Kenneth Murray slides to Will where he's probably more natural? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If you're moving Caleb again. I don't know. It depends if they have competent coaching. Well, I mean, I I can't imagine there's any way Riley screws this up, right? Like, he can sound like he's going to have money to spend. There's a lot of guys who would like to have that job. Like, there's there's reason to think he should make a good hire here. You would hope. Well, I mean, he had dinner with Pete Goulding this week. That was Golding. amazing how that caught, caught At Legends on. with Joe C. <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and blocked that guy that put that out there. <laughs> I don't even want to see that guy's existence. You know, I there's been so much crap just flying on that. Um, and I know it's been all over the boards and... I'm sure people are frustrated that we're not just throwing crap out of there. I mean, Lincoln Riley was asked about this yesterday, or Monday, yesterday, I guess, or Monday. I don't even know my days. Uh, and whether you want to believe it or not, here he is just talking about uh, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Lincoln, you said last week you didn't have a timeline for the defensive coordinator decision, but how much are you thinking about that stuff right now, candidates, philosophy, Zero. things like that? Really? Zero. I mean, we're... I don't know if I would be, I don't know if it would change if we were five and six right now, you know, but I mean, we're, we're 10 and one, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready to play for a championship, you know, and we're right in the thick of a, you know, a lot of really, really good stuff. And so uh, my total focus is right now is getting this team ready to go up and play West Virginia and then hopefully having a chance to play the week after that. I mean, this, I mean, we're sitting right where we were last year, you know, I mean, that's, it feels no different to me. I mean, we're 
in great position. We've won 10 out of 11 games. We got a big one coming up here at the end that we need to win. And if I'm putting any thoughts toward that right now, then my head's not in the right place, in my opinion. Okay, one, I just think that recruiting is too important. Yeah. To Garbage. not, if they lose Friday, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody is named at least that next week just because of recruiting. Now, I'll say this as far as, you know, Pete Golding stuff, I talked to some people in Alabama. He is, I mean, we kind of written stories about, it. we did the round table last week about, uh, you know, it would make sense if he could hire somebody that wasn't a sitting defensive coordinator. I've been told by people in Alabama, like, he does call a fair share of plays. Like, he calls a fair share of the defense. So I don't know that Pete Golding would be a guy that could just leave, drop everything, and, and come immediately to Oklahoma. Now, uh, Jeremy Pruitt last year did take the Tennessee job, uh, and what he would do is at night he would recruit. And so he'd do all his duties during the day. They said it was a really weird deal. It was a strange deal. Uh, you know, Saban obviously got rid of Lane Kiffin after he took a job and tried to stay around. Um, but I think if it was Pete Golding, I think he's staying with Alabama through the playoffs. That, I mean, that's... you think Alabama's going to make the playoffs? <laughs> yes. Okay. You think Saban holds all breaking breaking breaking? News. <laughs> Does Saban hold all the cards here? Does he dictate when Golding could leave? Yeah, I don't think Golding's going to want to cross Saban. I mean, no. I mean, if you've already taken a job somewhere else, why does it matter? Can we talk about the batshit crazy possibility of Pete Golding coaching against his future defense? Yeah, that would yes. be nuts. I mean, oh, that amazing. is still and that can out there. If OU makes it, they'll make it as a four seed. They'll be the yeah, one, exactly. oh, that's exactly the, one, one versus four. Exactly. And, th- and that means Alabama would have beaten Georgia in the SEC championship. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Eddie loves it. That would be so awesome. Just I mean, thinking about some reporters that cover OU having to ask, like, possibly negative questions to Pete Golding. Can you see so, all uh, the You think uh, you're a great defensive coordinator, but you're going up against a prolific offense. It would make our, it would make our job suck because we'd have to go to all Alabama Everything, and yes. all OU availability. Just haze him. He'd be down in Dallas, so we could just haze him the entire time that he's down there. But, yeah, I mean, he has to be thinking about if you're doing recruiting, you're talking defensive recruits, what you're saying something about the defensive coordinator spot. Yeah. You're not ignoring that. Yeah. He even said that he said that some of those kids are asking questions. He has to have answers. Well, yeah, like the interview we had with, with Trajan Bridges <laughs> last week, I said, have you talked about it? Have you, have you said it? He just said... We talked about possible, you know, transfers coming in and, you know, the recruiting's going well. This, I mean, Link, I don't know. Maybe he's being absolutely honest and Lincoln feels like that he's got his class, his offensive class, put to bed so early. He does. That he, he the, his relationship with these defensive players and their parents will win out, even if he doesn't hire somebody immediately. You know, and I know for those, because there's been the comments that, that Lincoln is like, oh, we're not even sure we're going to make any, ch-. you know, like we're not certain of anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you, I've talked to Joseph Wete, who was obviously a Mike guy, uh, an edge rusher, was going to kind of be that oboe striker kind of guy. He still, as of like three days ago, had not spoken to Bob Diaco. Hmm. If that doesn't tell you that Bob Diaco is probably not part of the long-term plan, I don't know what could. 
Like, he would immediately jump on that. And I know there were some, you know, there was even some talk of some offers going out on the East Coast. And I think there was some talk that Diaco was going to be involved with that. Some of those haven't materialized. And so, I, I, like I said, I don't know what will happen with Ruffin, but I definitely don't think Diaco is part of the plan, which makes some sense because Golding's a linebacker's guy. What if Joseph so, Wete is not part of the plan moving forward? <laughs> well, no, he's talked to Lincoln. Like, he okay. hasn't been out on the right. island, but he hasn't talked to Diaco. But that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> that's the hey, other by th- the way, you're the odd man out. You <laughs> don't plan on signing you, bud. The other <laughs> side of it is if you bring in a defensive coordinator – don't you need to give him time to look at that recruiting class and evaluate on himself and say, look, in my defense, this guy just can't help us? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. If, what if, you know, say it is Golding or whoever comes in is like, what the f*** have you been recruiting? <laughs> <laughs> We're not signing any of these guys. That'd be fun. There are a few guys that would be interesting, like not just for fit, but just does that does he see them on the level that can run what he wants to run? And now that they'd have an identity of what they want to run, finally. Or all the Bob, de- don't tease me. Or all I don't want to talk you. about that, Bob. Don't tease me. Is every guy that's committed on the defensive side of the ball, do we know yet who's signing and who's not early as far as... Uh, I mean, do they expect everybody to sign early? Yeah, I mean, I mean the real question shit's is, gonna well, be anybody in a month, not sign less early? Less than a month. Yeah. As far as I know, the expectation is they will sign. Like, Marcus Hicks, that dude's in. Right. Uh... Corey Roberson, that dude's in because OU stuck with him. He tore up his knee. Like, he's not doing anything. What about uh, a Woody Washington? Wete, for all the reason to think that, like, okay, kid from D.C. committed early, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's never wavered. He's been really solid with OU. Uh, Perkins, OU's his best option by a mile. He's not doing anything. I, I uh, have been on Derek Green. Derek Green's the one I wonder about. Okay. Because uh, we, we've heard, you know, like I talked to some people that he has worked on an official visit to Bandy possibly uh, in the coming month. And, you know, I, I get very mixed reviews, not just, just from us. I know we kind of don't. So. That was the first F-bomb. I think Bob just F'd. Bob F? I'm going to leave so, it in there. So Bob quiet F? that it was I think it was perfect. a what the F from Bob. Say it with a little bit more conviction next time. Bob, I'm like I'm sorry to the people. I'm not just sorry to Bob. I'm sorry to the people Bob, that had that taken away. From can that. you imagine the fathers that are driving their children to grandma's really in Dallas? Kind of offensive. I mean, while listening to this podcast, and now their children have to say, "Daddy, what does F mean? What does the F word mean?" And the dad is saying, "If there's Daddy, one guy what? I thought I could f-ing trust, it was Bob." What is that word that Bob just said? Ask your mother. I thought we liked Bob. It's what I plan on doing to your mother later. Oh, my God. I'm glad you guys really are thinking about the family men that listen to our podcast. That no doubt the only way they can listen to it is with their families in the car. Do you know the tears I want to hear? Lainey and Layla listen to the pod with some regularity as we're driving around sometimes. So I don't, I don't want to hear that. You, you guys can... You can't guilt me on that stuff. Like my kids Just the to thought it, of the McQuishan family rolling up in the F-750... Just blasting the Scoop podcast really brings a. <laughs> brings See, a, we've been like a tear to my eye and a warm place in my heart. Like okay, so they like we minds. we were driving back from Lubbock and it was the first time we'd used like oh, a we're new definitely morally set. better than that other asshole. It was it was the first time we'd kind of used the new podcast setup with like some new mics. So I wanted to listen to the sound quality between our road podcast and our studio podcast. 
and Eddie and I both and Bob was the same way. We we're like, I can't really listen to this. Like, I don't know how you do. Never that. did. I don't know how you listen to it back. I don't want to hear myself. I don't care about you guys, but we. I was there when we talked about all this stuff. Ooh, I was there. See, Josh, I'm Let's not. See. I'm not the only this one. Is, this is horseshit. No, see, this Josh was shit. here. He's here. Yeah, see, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, back to the original question. I don't think there's anybody that won't sign. We'll, we'll try to get this back on track just a little bit. Um, but there are a few. Like, if a hire was to happen, I think it gets interesting for a guy like Jonathan Perkins. I kind of wonder about. I think Derek Green would be a question mark because I. When you talk to people about Derek Green, some people really like him, and some people don't think it's a fit. And so I don't know what wins out because. So much of that is, well, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Like, there, there is – that's going to have a large role in several of these decisions because like, – I get into this all the time. Everyone thinks that, oh, well, because, oh, you offered that guy or they took his commitment, the whole staff is in total agreement on who this player is as, a, you know, as his ability to help. That's not the way it goes. Like, it's – sometimes a guy stands up on a table for a guy he really likes and that wins out and sometimes it doesn't. So there, there's a lot of ways that kind of stuff can go. Yeah, and I mean, you hire a defensive coordinator, but then he's got to hire a staff, and yep, you know, I mean, it just becomes a, a pretty big mess. And, and you know what? Maybe Lincoln says, "I'm just going to hold serve. We're gonna we're gonna get this signing class behind us, and then we'll we'll see what happens." I'm going to go to the bowl game, and you know, while we're doing that, I'll work on our next defensive coordinator. I don't. I mean, I don't think he, I don't. I, I I think that's an option. I don't think it's one people will like. I don't. I mean, you just don't know. These are the things that we're learning about Lincoln Riley for the first time. He's never had to do this. I mean, I I think that the thing that you have to consider, just as far as the defensive coordinator situation is, is what puts you in best shape to sign all the guys that you need, and after that. I don't think it really matters, does it? As long as you have a guy in place by spring, I mean, I, yeah, I, I know he's not gonna—he's not gonna take until March, obviously. But if you sign everybody that you want, or everything goes as planned on signing day, does it really matter when you sign? When you yeah, how many make the hire? How many defensive coordinators care if they know they're inheriting a top ten class? They know they're gonna have some good players in it. They now, know they that might, they're. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is. They're so late in the process. They already have the guys that they want. Unless you are going to sign a guy that's going to bring in new guys, like does it really matter? And what and what we saw with people who don't know how to use Twitter is Pete Golding follows a lot of OU commits. Yeah, already he wanted Corey Robertson. He wanted Trajan Bridges. He's he wanted gone after these yeah. people before. So he, he it's not like he's like oh my god I've never heard of this kid before. Yeah. Yeah, th this is the mistake that people are getting into. Even with the current roster, there's this idea that Oklahoma doesn't have talent. That's not the – like, I'm not saying that it plays up to its ability. I'm not saying that it's a good group. I'm not even saying all these guys will live up to what the top of their talent is. But there's talent on that defense. It's just not being either used properly or not playing up to its, its ability. It's so, not being developed. Yeah, I mean, so there are pieces there you like, and – Again, like you look at some of the offer lists for some of these guys. I mean, Jaden Davis had a ton of good offers. Woody Washington's a top ten corner in the country. Like there, there are pieces that are really good in this class. And 
so again, this idea that anybody, I don't care who it is, is going to come in and just burn everything out. That's that would just be stupid to begin with. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it. You know, if it's if it's Alex Grinch, I mean, how many he knows what OU was recruiting. I mean, they recruit out of the same talent pool. Sure. Now there may be a guy or two where he's like, well, he wasn't really a take for us. Yeah, like it, exactly. It, 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 that that comes down as much as anything to fit. And do I have a guy that I can like? Let's just and I'm just using him as an example. Let's say Jonathan Perkins. You could say, okay, that guy doesn't fit what Alex Grinch wants to do, but he may still take him anyway because he doesn't have another linebacker that's better. He doesn't have an option that he knows. Okay, I can probably get this guy, and he fits what I want to do. If you've got to have a body, you've got to have a body, and that's the way that goes. But at the same time, if if he does have a guy then that stuff all comes into play. But it's going to be fringy guys like that that, you know, that are, like I said, you look at Perkins' offer list, Oklahoma sticks out above it. Derek Green, same deal. Because I know people are going to look at Georgia, that, that offer's not there. Like that, that's not an option for him, and I don't know that it ever was. So um, I think that's stuff my, like that you've got to I think that's one at. of my favorite parts of, about college recruiting. The uh, offer, but no, nah, you yeah, can't commit. It's not committable. It's not a committable <laughs> offer. Every time, I mean, I know Bob and I've had these conversations before. When I talk to a recruit, I'm like, did you ask him if you could commit? And because guys are like, well, it's confusing. Not if you ask them that question. They'll get, I mean, they they don't let them give you a half answer to it. Just make them, I can or I can't. That's a yes or no question. I remember somebody from Rivals early in, I think it was in the summer, put out a list of uh, schools that had made the most offers or just uh, just a list of schools major schools and offers that they made. Was it Alabama that was like at the top of that they're list? They're usually pretty dang high. Yeah. So they, yeah, they're, they're still doing that blanket the country offer everybody. But Well, because what they do is they offer and then they want you to come to their camp to come, actually yeah. become officially. That's what they did with Corey Robers, and that's the whole Pete Golding thing. Is And he was supposed to come, and OU pretty much just said, you know, we, we'd like you not to do that. That's right, and so yeah. he didn't go. Please don't go. I forgot. Yeah, yeah I, that's you right. Know, I get it. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's. I just hand out a bunch of offers to shitty players and then get them on campus and be like, nah, I'm just kidding. You can't play D1. Well, you know, the school that, if I remember right from what you're talking about, Kerry, the guy that I'm pretty sure led the way with that was Nebraska. I think they had like 400 offers out this summer, some crazy thing like that. Is that what Iowa State does? Don't they offer a shit ton of kids? They, they do. They do. And they're they do just a really offering good job of weeding it down. They're just offering a lot of kids that other people don't. Like, yeah. Like the, the mash burns and, you know, they come in the small, you know, places like Oklahoma and just blanket the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, hey, it's working for it, them. I think say it's one of those things where they get to say we were the first to believe in you. And some kids, that really resonates. So. When they really didn't, they just. Yeah, oh, no, they were taking a flight. They were like, oh, we saw two minutes of tape, and we thought you might be a guy. <laughs> we'll check you out this spring, and we'll see if you can actually play. Well, so. it's, a, it's a lot to play out. We'll see how it, what happens. I would just say to everyone out there that's freaking out about, you know, where's all the information on the, the defensive you know, coordinator hire? It's not out there, man. It's just not, it's not developed. It's I mean, not, there's stuff out there, but it's on the message boards. It's on the Internet. Yeah, it's, it's rumors. There's Pete Golding, to my knowledge, was not in Norman on Monday. No. But that guy is an OU football basketball reporter. Yeah, I, I noticed. I did dig through his Twitter account. I've never account. heard of him before. A, I've never heard of so? him. B, I've ne- I didn't even know who that was. Like, I thought it was a fake on? account. I thought it was a fake account. It, 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 it wasn't? 
That's I have a, no idea. It wasn't a fake cow. You know, I'd love to I meet the guy. I'd tell him he's a loser he's to his face. He's a fairly funny guy. He had some funny stuff in there. That just wasn't one of them. I'd love to meet him. I'd tell him he's a loser. That's just me, I'm though. Shocked. I'm shocked about that, Eddie. Holy cow, Brady Manic looks like he ate Brady Manic. He's gotten a little bit bigger. Yeah, exactly. That's why he's had all three double-doubles. That's why we've already uh, booked Scoop Final Four hotel accommodations. Well, I mean, Bob doing this live from Atlantis courtside, that's it's pretty amazing. Impressive. Yeah, I don't care if they win the whole thing. I'll, I'll still feel okay <laughs> not sending you. We've we've gone ahead this year and put all of our women's and men's hoops money into uh, just the men's. We're not going to cover the women again this year, I guess. Yeah, I thought about it. Well, if the head coach was stopped stealing money from the university, maybe we would. Maybe they should give some of us to that and we'd cover them. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, podcast is doing okay now, so we'll see about Minneapolis. If it so, comes to that, I think I could. So cold I think it's in rent. April. By the way, Sooners are playing freezing. really well right now. Yeah, they are. Jamal Biennemi's been uh, a pleasant, pleasant surprise. A revelation. He's a player, man. He's a good Just basketball player. Minutes I'm watching, and they play. Oh, you play more. Man. They play. This team plays more defense than last year's group even thought about playing. So what you're but, saying is Trey Young was really Carmelo Anthony. I'm not saying that, but I might be saying that. <laughs> but nobody else would buckle down on defense either. Oh, I mean, well, Rashad Odom's tried. Just, no it's doubt. like Paul George. He tried to play defense last year, but nobody else would join him. You can't. You can't watch this year's team. And then remember what happened last year. And I know that they started out the season well. But just this group seems to be, they like each other they so love, much yeah, better. They really like playing with And it's so cliche to say, but like you can't not say that they didn't have locker room problems after seeing the way that this group interacts. Just even at practice when you know Bob and I are there for uh, like post-practice stuff. It's insane. I will say this from a little bit I've watched so far. They, they are playing really good defense. They take some horrible shots, though. Well, they got They're gonna start falling. Don't worry about it. They just, the, just sitting here watching them, and I, you know, obviously, guys, basketball is not my area. Not, but just as a guy that stares at trying to scout athletes all the time, they are long. They are really long. Just looking at them, like on the perimeter, you'd think they defend the three pretty well. Like just really long and athletic looking guys. Well, if they're all playing defense and they have McNeese, I mean, that's gonna be something to contend with. Because he takes away the rim. He's really good. But what's funny is they actually buckled down on defense on Sunday when they took McNeese out and had Doolittle and Manic as the as the bigs. We'll see. Yeah, Doolittle's got he's the one guy that could kind of give them an extra dimension. He just has not of course, he kind of did it to himself. And he admitted that. Uh okay, so West Virginia coming up, Morgantown. We're getting ready to head off. Uh, you guys are going to be able to uh, one of the enjoy best, the podcast. It's one of the best trips of the year, or every two years. You like the trip? I mean, it's kind of a bitch to get there, but I yeah. do enjoy it. I, I think Morgantown's a pretty cool I like cool Morgantown. Town. I mean, they take care of Pretty us. cool place. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's new, and I only go there once every two years. No, it's, it's, it's the closest thing you get to... Like a mountain destination anymore. Now yeah. that there's no boulder. 
And it's not pretty like Boulder. No, it it's just, I mean, it's very stereotypical, I think. The women are very underrated in Morgantown. Well, they're trashy. It's kind of that's kinda, just kind of cool. That's the bar stool kind of thing that they get. That reputation it's they a get. Mm. I don't. I I haven't had that experience over the years because I'm not a college kid. I mean, what are you basing this on? Just the people that you see walking into the stadium? Uh, just well, we used to go over to their campus corner area. Yeah. and do radio from over there. They got a little sports bar where the girls wear like really tight referee uniforms yeah that's part of the trashy reference i thought lovely is the way i took it well th- then there's nothing wrong with that people think trashy is a derogatory term kind of like slutty it's okay to be <laughs> slutty <laughs> you're saying slutty is not a derogatory term yes you're i pray for you Although you're Catholic. People so need to. People need won't to. matter. Uh, no, I'm going straight to hell for uh, the video this week. I don't think the... Uh, the, ca- the I'm just being... Wait- I'm, yeah, I'm waiting to be called into the... Archdiocese. The, uh, Oklahoma City Archdiocese. Yeah. They're coming after you. Maybe. Uh, any other order of business you guys want to get to before we get out of here today? Uh, Josh, you going anywhere this weekend? I can't find anything that works for me so far. It's been my biggest problem. Um, Friday's got some games, but like they're either it's early in Dallas, and so I can't get there on time. Like there's just stuff that doesn't work. So I'm planning to get somewhere. I'm definitely going to get up to Oklahoma in two weeks and go see like Broken Arrow and see some of those. This weekend, I haven't found anything because everything I'd planned to see, like Mesquite Poteet went down. Okay, so I don't have Seth McGowan anymore. There are just all these games that should have worked out, and I really didn't get a very good break. But that's that's been this season for me. It's just been an awful, awful series of high school games for me as far as just how it's worked out. It, it, at least you had guys to see. We had one in-state commit yeah. <laughs> who is one, now out, by the way. Did you guys want to talk about strong refereeing? <laughs> oh, the Millwood game? Yeah. Yeah, none of that. That whole crew should never officiate a high school football game ever again. 33 penalties. It was almost a waste of time. And, I mean, the the head official looked like Bill Snyder, so that gives any indication on the uh, accuracy of his calls. They were just – it was awful. Can you they deny the, that it was Bill Snyder? They, uh, I can't. Okay, okay. I just wasn't sure if we saw him in the same place. I mean, he was competent, I guess, so I guess we can say that it wasn't <laughs> Bill Snyder. <laughs> Although they uh, they did beat Tech over the weekend, so I that was surprising, but – Text on what their uh, like sixth quarterback this year. Thought the that was kind of it, weird too that the Cliff Kingsbury stuff came up again this week. Just as far as uh, them possibly going in a different direction, like why now would you make the move? I thought he was everything was kind of rolling when they had a quarterback in place, and then they had some really bad injuries. Yeah, I think say that looks like they've got their quarterback of the future there. It just he's got to get healthy. Andy, um, see, I mean, it's not. I thought he did. I don't a think you can damn de- good job. You can't declare mission accomplished, but his defense is better. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, they're better than OU. By the way, did you? I mean, like, do you know they're not though, Eddie? By like almost any measurement, they're not. I would not. I would take Tex defense. We to just, get a stop we just like you. if you look. I at think every, we're so close to it. If it's you just, look, yeah. If you look at every defense in the Big Twelve, everybody sucks. Yeah, it's just that. Bad. It's just that if you had to watch the shit show that was Tech or Texas or Oklahoma State or West Virginia the entire year, 
you would think that Kansas. Yeah, you would think that they're just as bad. They I gave mean, up forty to Kansas. Forty. Yeah. OU is giving up forty yards more per game than West Virginia. That's it. And I think like, like twenty-five more than Texas. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just a bunch of bad. De- there are two good defenses. TCU and Iowa State can play, and I think TCU is born largely because they've just built that offense to keep it away from the other team. Like, I don't think TCU's anywhere near where they've been defensively the last few years. No, I mean, OU has no defense. <laughs> Thank you, Brecken. Do you think he's had sex with Michelle? She, she pulls his hair, just a little, mix it up a little bit. If he has, I bet Catch has bought the video. Well, um, <laughs> we know Tom Herman couldn't say anything if he did. Seriously, he though. Just, oh, yeah. How? It, that's what I'm saying. I think they have an open relationship. That's why I see a kind of a an opportunity, if you will, if OU plays Texas next week and I run into her. Tom Herman would get fired if his players were having sex with his wife. How do you know that? I know that. I, that's common sense telling me that I'm not saying it's happened I'm not saying it hasn't happened I'm just saying there's a possibility yeah, how do I know you get fired how do you know that this is happening I, I'm not saying that I do but I'm saying that is this yet another thing I'm going to have to bleep out about Michelle Herman how because I want s- credentials next year they're in charge oh I mean come on I've, I've okay. said worse <laughs> they, yeah I bleeped it not, out it's not untrue um. All right. A verdict. Things. What was softer? The penalties for the horns down, or a reprimand? Reprimand. Whatever the hell that means. It might be a reprimand because Rep- reprimand. you can just put the uh, the They're horns down soft. thing is on the referee or whoever called it. Like that was a bitch move. The reprimand is something that is made by I would think, a multiple people within the league office. Not in a split. Like, who does that? Not in a split second thing. They had time to consider this and thought, yep. This is what we got to do. Well, they, they got themselves. It's like they dug a hole. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to call horns down a penalty, and we're going to let Tom Herman bitch about how disrespectful it is to Texas when everybody does it, and it's it's the least disrespectful thing that you could do on a football field. It, it just is. It's stupid. And and so then they got caught in that, that, that you know, catch-22 where, like, oh, okay, well, if we're going to call a penalty on horns down, then we have to like react to it and then call Texas out for saying Oklahoma sucks. Well, it's just and stupid. Also, with the horns down, where does that stop? Like A and M and UT play, and a and a UT player gives a thumbs down, and he's he's going to get penalized. Well, what if what if A and M gives it when they're playing Alabama? Yeah. Well, I mean, because technically it's still derogatory. I that's just so. I, I next thing you know, Bob Bowlesby's gonna. Big, next thing you know, Bob Bowlesby's gonna come out and say we're outlawing gang signs like the horns down. Yeah. Oh, I could see that. Announce it at the uh, at the Big Twelve at Media Big 12 Days Media next Day year, next like year. a big announcement. No more gang signs. No more of all gangs. The problems you have in the Big Twelve. That's what you're gonna. If he does that, I will boo him. I'll openly boo him. <laughs> I'd actually like to, I'd, I'm there for that. Like I, I don't understand why the Big Twelve continually makes decisions as a conference or as a group or whoever's in charge of it and thinks that that'd be a good idea to, to insert do insert here, and it's usually the worst decision possible that makes everybody laugh at them. 
It's a it's like, a bureaucratic so decision and not a, a a sports decision. Let yeah. the fans be fans. I just don't let the players it. have emotion. They're so committed to making bad decisions in Irving that it's just I've become numb to it almost. Who are, who is their PR firm? Like I don't know if they mm-hmm. have any understanding of how things look. Someone out of Austin. Austin. Probably. I mean, it's awful. <laughs> it's just awful the choices they make. Like because there was no OU fans that were like. Breck and Hager, you'll pay. Like they're like, he's right. Whatever. Like, he, not only is he right, but the whole idea about making somebody apologize for something that he one hundred percent doesn't believe. Like I, I was joking and I tweeted the Big Twelve. What is this show? Our youth about lying. But yeah, at the same time, it's kind of true. Like there's no ounce of Breck and Hager that believes what he put in that apology. And by the way, here's the whole here's the whole exchange from Breck and Hager. What he said, he was talking about. He was going to be a leader. They were not going to lose to Kansas this year. He's going to make sure it didn't happen. Uh, and then someone said, uh, "Kansas put forty on Oklahoma." Hey, OU has no defense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait. It's eleven, twelve, and what? <laughs> OU still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> They acted like that was the first time they've heard that. Holy shit, that's funny, Brecken. Like, that's really good. Like, and the no defense. If OU had half the leadership that Brecken Hager has on defense, they would be somewhat of a defense. Yeah. And I I don't even think Brecken Hager's that good of a football player. He's not. But at least he stands for something. And, I mean, Curtis Bolton does a little bit, but just based on what we've heard in the last couple days out of that group uh, down in Norman America called the defense – Kind of feels like they're just eleven personalities out there. They're not a team. I wouldn't they don't mind have like, leadership. Like Cody Ford, they don't have any. They don't have any accountability for each other. Cody Ford, Cody Ford does some stupid stuff, but at least he cares and he's playing hard and he, yep. he gets out of his yep. mind and you get pissed off about it. But like nobody for the defense does anything like that. Well, like okay, half of time when UCOU's offensive lineman get into it. Somebody takes a late shot at Kyler, or somebody pushes, you know, Marquise Brown or something, and all of a sudden you see Powers and Ford over there, like, no, we're not, we're not letting that happen. That's not going to happen to us. If you saw somebody like push Trey Brown to the ground, Neville Gallimore is not coming over there running like we're not having any of that shit. Like, there's no, I've got this guy's back. Yeah, like it's just eleven dudes out there doing it for themselves, and it's not that they dislike each other. There's just no clear, you know, it's not like. I don't know. They, it's like they don't have any trust or faith in one another. Like, they're going to screw up. I'm going to screw up. Who cares? Yeah, remember what game was that? I, I, it might have been Tech, but, like, it was, like, first play of the game, and somebody pushed uh, Trey Sermon, like, after the play, and they kind of got into it. Then a no, couple of K-State. linemen came up and got into it. K-State. K-State, yes. yeah. But it's like the offensive lineman doesn't play that shit, or the offense doesn't play that shit. Like, if you come after one of their guys, oh, they're, they're coming after you. There's some there's some hard asses on that side of the ball. Yeah. Ben, ben Powers isn't the accountant for nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to mess with anybody. on That offensive line, that group of guys, some hard asses. I think, say, the one guy, I mean, like, probably the two nicest guys are Creed and Bobby, and those are six foot five, 300-pound monsters. I ain't messing with them either. Drew's a super nice guy, and he's psycho on a field yeah. yeah no like no i mean i don't mean like in general uh cody ford's a really nice kid yeah away from the field but out there you're like Mm-mm, i don't want to get in his way at all bobby evans probably number five in that group as far as like 
lost. And Bobby, loses Bobby money Evans, and I, I still think would whoop somebody's ass on a back alley, but <laughs> sure. I don't know if you'd want to run into Cody Ford, Mm-mm. Drew, Ben Powers, or Ben Powers. All you. three of those guys. When you w- listen to Ben's father on Twitter, you know not not to mess with Ben. Uh, Mr. Powers had one of the greatest tweets of all time this morning. I saw. Was it about that seeing Creed? Morning? Yeah. Was it about seeing Creed yeah. too and learning the fight? He's a great follow on Twitter. Powers. Yeah, I just answer. started following him. Taking my three daughters to see Creed two. Sons <laughs> are all working or doing work. PSA: Every kid should learn to fight, and every kid should have a few fights. Takes the fear out of what it feels like to stand in front of someone and have bad intentions. Get some, all caps. <laughs> Get some, yeah. I love that, dude. It's pretty funny. That's hilarious. All right, uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, we'll get out of here. We'll let you guys enjoy your Thanksgivings. Uh, Want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and again, uh, thanks so much for uh, listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast. I will give you a tip. Uh, go to Eskridge. Just the, I, I will give you a Eskridge. Give him just the tip. No. Um, go to Eskridge Lexus. Because I can tell you, we've been driving their cars all season. It's really hard to kill yourself or your family in a luxury car. It's really difficult. Easier to die during these holiday times. That should be Lexus's new. It's really hard to kill yourself or your family. Don't die a poor. Yeah, that might that would work. Because like literally, like the car steers for you. I know it's not it's not driving you. But, like, you can't get out of your lane. If you're in cruise control and you're on your phone or looking at your phone, it slows down if somebody's in front of you. It's really hard to kill yourself in a nice luxury car like a Lexus. Comfortable. Comfortable And for the holidays, that's what really matters. I mean, spending time with your family, you probably want to kill yourself anyway. So, might as well well drive a good car. Uh... Uh, go go! Make sure you subscribe to the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast. I'm sure Ed's going to love that advertisement we just gave him. Um, I think they know. Yeah, they do. They they really should make that a, more of a selling point. So, Josh, do the commercial. Uh, you won't be there, but we'll be in West Virginia. So, I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family, and that you don't want to kill yourself after it's all over. Oh, I love that. I'm good with the holidays. That's that's. Good family time. That's okay. By the way, uh, Tiffany really enjoyed my comment about uh, sex not always being um, up to snuff or up to uh, the cause. So yeah, she really liked that. I kind of got you uh, that some heat up. for that. Yeah, I didn't bring yeah, that up. Got, got, oh, no, no. I earned it all myself. There, there's no question. But she uh, just you know, wanted to, wanted to let everybody know out there that uh, she's listening, and I definitely get in trouble for some of the shit I say. So, Well, I'll be enjoying Thanksgiving with my girlfriend when I get back. Your oh yeah, cheerleader uh, girlfriend. Thunder cheerleader. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> As has been the case all week long. All right, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll see you uh, in the post game pod, the Eskridge Lexus post game pod, uh, where we'll all be very tired and either very pissed off or very surprised that Oklahoma will face Texas again in the Big Twelve championship game. So until then. We'll see you guys back here next time, right here on the Choctaw Casino and Resort, unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.